Good evening, and you're very welcome to the podcast for this evening. It's episode 20 of season two. And as usual, it's myself, Brefney Early, and Aaron Clark, uh, the hosts of the show for tonight. And I'm a bit of a gripe with you first, Aaron. We've had four different hosts over the last two years on this podcast. Myself, yourself, currently in the hot seat. Uh, Stephanie Roach was with me last year. Alana Canan was with me for the first half of this season or was with on the show. Every single one of you, I don't know what you're fiddling with, but it's making a lot of noise. Uh, every single one of you was on, yeah, was had a program in your hand at the weekend. I'm absolutely gutted. You were at the European Championship final. Um, it looked like a fabulous atmosphere. Really, really good showpiece for the, the women's game and something that we can probably look at helping to grow everything within the Women's National League as well. Um, without giving us the, the, the kind of the superlatives of how good the evening was, how good was it from a WNL point of view to have something like that so close with so many of our players at it and inspiring the next generation of girls coming through our clubs here at home in the National League and in grassroots? It's great. Absolutely great. You can only see by the amount of people who went over from Ireland. You can see that they all went out there. They all went and enjoyed themselves, watched the European Championship. It was right in the door. I do still have that bitter pill because we weren't there. Was, we were so close to getting there. But what a tournament. I was lucky to see the Germans twice in the tournament, to see them in the group stage and then seeing them in the final. And It was just an unbelievable atmosphere. The place was rocking from early on. Wembley Way, three, four hours before the game, it was just full of fans. And you could see, sense the atmosphere of something, something major building and I think for us, we probably have got a bit of a, a backlash off it in terms of I didn't expect the Ireland-Finland tickets to maybe go in so quick as they did go last week. That they saw, you know, I thought maybe that would take a little bit of time. But the fact that they went straight away, it shows people are watching it and people are, are watching they're watching because it's, it's good entertainment, it's good football. In terms of the National League, I think there's no doubt that WSL is going to get a massive boost off it. But it's up to the it's up to the likes of the FAI, the partners it would be the government. How are they gonna what did they look, John, and what did they see? How are they gonna push us on to the next level? Because there's no doubt about it that with something being so close to our doorsteps, there's massive, massive potential for us to have a knock-on effect of it. Like you just look at England, they won the tournament on Sunday. They announced on what Tuesday on Monday or Tuesday that they're gonna play the USA in a friendly, sold out in 24 hours, Wembley Stadium. That's just a momentum to build on. And I think for for us. We need to massively build on the momentum, and I think starting off starting off with with September's with internationals against Finland, if we can make the playoffs, maybe that'll give us a massive spike. But even in the meantime, there's so much that can be done to help and push on even the national league because there's no doubt about it. You can just see the amount of media outlets that roll over the newspapers, front and back pages. We're having fights at times with standard newspapers even to get results in, even though the FAI send out press releases. You know, we're still struggling to get these results in, and I think that's the the first marquee step before we, we get there. And you even look on, even from another sport, the ladies' football, how much of a, a boost they've got on with, with the likes of Dubs being successful in the last couple of years. The Dubs get the same sponsors. Mead now, you know, you can see how much of an impact it has with the with the likes of Mead, how much ladies' football is coming up. And they're taking a boost off that. And I think for, for the for the soccer, I think it's 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 a really important that we do. And I think the likes of TG Carr definitely helps as well. And I think realistically, we need to see games every week being shown on television as a, as a massive priority. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Please don't bring this into the GA world. There's enough of that happening in the in the modern media. This is the Women's National League podcast, for God's sake. And must really, really kill a dub to see me and Kerry in an All-Ireland final. Anyway, moving swiftly on, we're going to be chatting to uh, one of the bright rising stars of the league very, very shortly in the form of Fitzie O'Hara, who will be joining us to discuss uh, Sligo's bright start to the season and that amazing result 
uh, on Saturday, uh, which just blew, I think, the entire league away in terms of the new girls taking on the champions. And they really put it up to them. 2-0 down after about a quarter of an hour. And nobody, I don't think anybody even in the Sligo bench or the Sligo team would have predicted what happened over the next uh, 60, 70-odd minutes or so. It was just phenomenal to watch uh, for the whole sport in the league as a whole. We'll be talking to her about that very, very shortly. But I suppose, first of all, Aaron, maybe let's get your thoughts on that game because I know we spoke off air. You think it's the game of the, the results of the season so far? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think so. And like the biggest part of it is when 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 P Mount beat Bo- when P Mount beat Boas, P Mount led led, you know, at the start, whereas Sligo come back from two down. And realistically, when's the last time Shelburne have been pipped back from two up to to lose it to lose a game? The magnitude of it, the first game live on TG Car, you look at the it could have been an occasion that it could have went and got six, seven, eight nil to Shelburne when they score two early goals, you think all right, Shelburne are gonna be in absolute cruise control. But for you to Sligo, they just continued to plot away and and when they got when they got the equaliser just before the, the first goal back just before half time, you're sort of thinking, okay, they're in this game. Then when they equalise, you you just look Shelburne ring the bench, Heather O'Reilly, Noel Murray, and Abby Larkin, three players straight off the bench. It reminded me of, of Talca Park when the sides played earlier in the season because you just look at the subs that Noel King made that day. He brought on the likes of Kiva Keenan, Abby Larkin, Gloria Douglas, Gemma Quinn. He just absolutely blitzed the bench. And it, it worked out from that day with a 92nd minute winner. But this time, and I think our first our first touch in the, in the involved in the game, header right, he couldn't get a good header on it. And, you know, it, it's just pushed forward. And when do you ever see the Shells defence in such sixes and sevens? Emma Doherty had them all over the place. And I know I know she's going to come on to the show and we're going to chat to her in, in a few moments. But for me, Pixie O'Hara, she, doesn't, she does not, doesn't get the credit she deserves for Saturday. I thought, absolutely sublime. Even look at some of the way she played some of the passes and, and the way she was constantly getting onto the ball coming forward. And it was it was just for me, it was an all-round Sligo team team effort. Every player gave their absolute everything. Gemma McGuinness was brilliant again. And you could see when when the bench when they start the tire, they weren't afraid to make subs. And it was just it was it was it was a weird one to look at Shells being pushed back so much. And I know they tried to put the onslaught late on, but Sligo held, held up well. And for me, they deserve they deserve the result. It's it's probably a bit of fitting for the the one that lost they suffered in, in Talca Park, and it was it was a massive result for Sligo and, and one that will definitely send shockwaves through the league. Absolutely, but it does make the league run in a little bit more interesting than maybe we might have expected when we were chatting here last week. I suppose it's time to, to bring uh, Pixie into the show, but before we do, I do want to play a little bit of a video. I was lucky enough to be involved in the, in the formation of the, the ladies' team down there in Sligo, and we did a little video that we was part of the pitch presentation and probably the reason why uh, the pitch was successful at the time, and I want to play the final bit of it uh, before we bring Pixie in. Uh, and uh, you'll understand why in a brief little glimpse uh, just at the very, very end of the show. Here it is. My son and daughter both play with, with Sligo Leitrim. My son has a progression pathway there already. I would like to, my, for my daughter to have that same pathway and the same opportunity to continue playing soccer at the next level. Thank you. 
That was a video that we put together at the time. And for the eagle-eyed among you, uh, there was an absolute, just a streamline of young, talented players coming through that league. Seven or eight of whom are now playing in the league at the moment. Poor, poor Brefney's having a bit of a, a technology difficulty at the moment. But just, just even while he gets himself sorted there, just in terms of in terms of this from a, a league point of view, Brefney, like the one Sorry that stands that. out to me at the start is we've got a pathway for men. We don't have one for women. We see uh, that all over. We see it all over the country. I know we're going to talk to Pixie in a second, but you have to mention even Longford Town now being the latest club to put a team into the under 17s League of Women's National League. And I think every club should have a pathway for women because we lose too many players at such a young age. And it's great to see that you said seven or eight of them, them young girls are now, now involved in Sligo Rovers. Well, I didn't say actually they were involved in Sligo Rovers. Well, they're involved in the league. They are in the league, but uh, they are floating around the league at the moment. And, and there's a huge uh, group of players. And one of the girls at the end of that video was a very younger. As if you're not young enough already, Pixie, but you were part of that day when we filmed that day in Sligo and you've progressed through and I suppose you've become one of the poster girls because there's a few of you for the club and for the league. And I suppose, how have you found the season so far when you've stepped up to the standard? Uh, well, the season so far, it's been absolutely incredible. Like the experience is unreal playing with girls that like I would have never thought I'd play with or even against. And like, it's great having a senior team there for the likes of the academy girls going up. Like, they're not, they know where they can go and not stuck. Kind of when I was under seventeen, I didn't know where to go. But it's great to have the team in, senior team in. So it's amazing. What was that like, though? You know, you're 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 seventeens, under seventeens, and you're thinking. Where's my progression going to come for you know? And you still don't know at this stage that Sligo are going to have a team in the league. What is that sort of sort of like? Because for so many young girls, the opportunities are are, are envious to go off to other 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 sports. You know, I at the time I was I was just kind of seeing where it was going. I knew we had an under 19s team, but I was kind of trying to think ahead, thinking, oh, I'd have to move club, you know, have to leave the Rovers. But it was kind of in talks at the time, so I wasn't fully, like, going to be leaving and stuff. So, you know, I'm happy that it came in. In, in terms of, if you cast your mind back to that kind of 11 or maybe even 10-year-old Pixie O'Hara back at the tail in 2017, when this was all really just a concept or an idea, um, you were an emerging talent, obviously, with Sligo Leitrim, but did you see this happening? Could you imagine that five years later you'd have been just a couple of hundred yards away on the main pitch of the showgrounds representing the club in the Women's National League, beating the national champions in that process. No, never in a hundred years would I have thought that. No, not a chance. Like, it's just crazy, like, how far, like, we've all come. Like, even Rovers, like me, coming up from Sligo it's just never would have thought it. And even considering, you know... You're still so young. What would your even ambitions have been this year? Would you have just been trying to get a couple of minutes there, a couple of minutes there, break in? Or what, what What was the ambition for you at the start of the season? You know, well, at the start, I just kind of wanted to work hard. I didn't even think of getting minutes. Even just being in training with them was something for me. Like, But getting minutes in, starting my first game against that run away, you know, it was unbelievable. Like, it was definitely something I'd never forget. That alone away game was, was one you probably won't want to remember for the scoreline, but 
But in, in terms of, I suppose, that baptism, baptism of fire, you're thrown in. It didn't go your way on the day in terms of the, the overall team performance. But you've managed to really become a really vital part of that team from that right back slot. You've kind of made it your own uh, as the season has progressed. Yeah. Um, I never would have thought it like we started with Leah Kelly playing right back and then she obviously got moved into the centre mid role and I got pushed in right back. So, you know, it's great knowing that I, I'm kind of in that spot now, but still also want to keep possess like progressing on and seeing where it goes. Yeah, seems to have a lot of freedom though. In that, you know, although you're playing it right back, seems to have a lot of freedom because times you're popping up even in, in a little bit more central, further forward. Yeah, there's, there's no fear even with taking that opportunity when the ball comes to you. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, just want to get forward, you know, playing winger with under 19s this season. So, I'm kind of used to getting up the pitch as well. So, yeah, it, it's funny because. I remember I actually clipped a bit of a, a game and sent it to a, a few friends who, who coach in and around the league. Uh, I think it was your debut. You came on as a sub late, potentially against DLR. Was that DLR in the first game in, in the showgrounds? Yeah. You were only on the pitch about three minutes and you nuts somebody right in front of the opposing, uh, the opposing dugout. And I thought, yes, this girl is going to be a big player in this league over the coming years. Just the confidence. You're this little... Like, because you're so small in, in terms of size, and yet yeah. you were like, I don't care who's against me, I'm gonna stick the ball to her legs and not necessarily embarrass her, but I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna just stay, I'm here. And um, yeah, what is it about your style? Because I've seen you play with some of the, the Gainer Cup sides over the years. Um, but what is it about that kind of just that, like, I'm just gonna enjoy myself here, but just apply yourself to that position because it just you seem to just have talked to it like a duck to water first day out, yeah. I feel like a lot of it is confidence. Um, you know, I don't want to be going out on the pitch being afraid of who I'm playing because I know I'm just, I wouldn't have a good day then. So I just kind of go out, enjoy myself, express how I feel on the pitch. That's exactly like what I do and whatever comes out of it, comes out of it. You've given me a perfect segue there because you talk about coming onto the pitch. Shel you, you score and you score to equalise and Shelburne ring the bench. Noel Murray... Abby Larkin and Heather O'Reilly. Heather O'Reilly coming on the left wing. 231 caps from America. What were you thinking? Oh, I... <laughs> the thoughts running through my head were crazy because the day before I found out um, that she signed for Shells or whatever and I was like, please tell me she's not a winger. Please tell me she's not a winger. Um, but I seen her come on and I just thought, you know what? I'm going to do what I can if she gets the best of me, she does. If if not, that's brilliant. So there was also one run during the game. I thought just again, it just something where I thought, yeah, she's she's at this level, perfect. She fits in. Was you took a run from right back and just went by two or three shells players, and um, they just didn't know how to really catch you, and you created a chance for Sligo at the end of it. It just takes a, a serious, uh, just kind of attitude to really go and do that. So. Yeah, just congrats on, on kind of how it's gone for you. In terms of the, the fallout of the game from the game at the weekend, uh, how did you celebrate? What did you get up to? Uh, what was the dressing room or the oh, just the, the mood? It was absolutely amazing. Like the dressing room, we were all jumping about, happy as ever, you know. Even the fans there as well, celebrating with them, talking to them all. The Ben Bulvin team that were our mascots, like just talking to them. It was all just amazing after the game. It ended a it ended a run of defeats as well. Like what a way to end a end end a rot of 
haven't lost the, haven't lost the previous four games though. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great to get the win in, and like we know, we knew that we'd be able to show it up to, to Shelburne. Like we played them near the start of the season, and like they didn't get in until around the ninetieth minute. So we knew if we did work, like we would get a result out of it. Looking forward to this weekend, of course. Daily Mount, the home of football in Ireland, um, is the venue. You're playing Bowes. It's 1pm kickoff in the Cup quarterfinal. It's obviously Sligo's first run to this stage of the competition. Um, how nice would it be to get to a semi-final or, dare I say, at a final this year? You've, you've shown you can beat anyone on the day. Wexford have come to the showgrounds and lost, uh, as have Shells now, amongst others. Um, is there a, a cup run in this slider oversight or would that be just bonus territory in terms of that? Uh, no, 100%. We we know we'd definitely be able to have a shot at it and potentially get to the cup final. Um, you know, we've played bowls before. I feel we're, we're well able to get a result out of the game on Saturday and hopefully get into the semi-final and see where it goes from there. Is it nice? I think in terms of just the Bowes game, I was at the one where they lost in in Dalyman two one, and you could see that when but when they scored when when Sligo scored, Bowes just had that little bit more experience on on the night, and I think that's something that Sligo look back at since they played them sort of games pre since since then, and like I think Saturday Saturday you'd have to say should be the benchmark for them now considering what they've done, but it's it's an it's an interesting one just in terms of. Bowers because they're going well as they're going well as well, but you really can't fear anybody now at this stage, can you? No, yeah, exactly. Like, like seeing what we've done at the weekend, beating league champions or whatever, you know, we know that we can just keep pushing on and just seeing what the rest of the season has for us. In terms of, I suppose, the ambition for the next couple of months to the end of the year, um, we talk about the cup final, or whatever. But you've beaten the champions. You've come in as the new girls at the start of the year. Nobody really gave you hope. I certainly didn't. And I, I said it and I've eaten a lot of humble pie over it for the last couple of weeks and months. And I'm delighted to have done that. But uh, as you go forward to the end of the season, like you've beaten the champions. What, 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 where can you go to from there in terms of taking other things off the checklist of, of little steps forward for the club? Well, of course, like on trying to win on Saturday, you know, getting into the cup semi-final would obviously be really big for us. Um, just trying, maybe trying to get higher up the table, you know, set small goals for ourselves that we can just try to work on for the rest of the season. Of course, you were called into the under-19 squad this year. You were on the bench for a game against England uh, a few weeks ago, maybe in the middle of June, I think. Um how much is that international exposure you've been in and out of the squads over the last few years with Ireland? Uh, as you make a bit of a bigger profile for yourself in the league, is that something that we can expect to see more of? Uh, Pixie O'Hara picked for, for Ireland, or will it be Kerry O'Hara? Do you have to go by the passport <laughs> when you get to the international level? Yeah. Um, no, I really enjoyed being away like with the Irish team, and I'm hoping that I can keep getting in, going to camps and everything, because the experience was absolutely unreal. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Hoping to get back in again soon. It's a big year, especially with the with the with Ireland, because they've they've lost the core nucleus of a lot of players from last year. And like you look at even the couple of the likes of Jesse Stapleton knocking on the senior door. So there's 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 lots of opportunities. And I think for 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 you guys in particular, I think a lot of players say that international football it helps them with the national league because of the 
the speed of the underage games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just hoping to see where it goes and see what what comes next, I suppose. From all accounts as well, it seems like a good social group as well. There's a few messers in that group that, by all accounts of what we hear, uh, the little bits of, of bits and pieces that come out of that camp. Listen, Pixie, the very best of luck to you on Saturday in the Cup quarterfinal against Bose. Congratulations on everything you've achieved individually and with the team this year. It's great to see the, the progression of Sligo Rovers into the Women's National League and, and really pushing on. I know the addition of a couple of players there in the last week or so, Amy Boyle Carr and Aoife Harren have come into the side along with one or two others maybe. It's going to be a huge uh, pro- progress for the league. So uh, thanks very much for joining us. Delighted to have been chatting to you this evening. Best of luck at the weekend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Raphne, you've just mentioned a name there that I forgot to mention. Just while it's on my head, Amy Boyle Carr. That's what I do for you, Aaron. That's what I do for you. She's a, she's, she's a huge additional. She's a huge additional. I thought she was brilliant. Yeah. Um, she's, I, I watched her for Ireland a couple of years back when she was in that squad. Um, and she. I think she's probably the difference between Sligo being around that sixth, seventh place where they've been and pushing on to fourth, fifth, or maybe even higher up the, the league in the next couple of weeks. I actually expect her to be in the squad at the start of the year. She was doing her finals, potentially the reason why she opted out, obviously playing with Donegal as well. So, it's one where she might have to have more Gaelic commitments than soccer commitments. Be interesting to see what side of the. But is that is that itch is that itch there though? She got the forty five minutes against the Netherlands in Tala. Now, in fairness, now I was at that game and she did. She you could probably say she was very hard done by to be taken off at half time, but has she got that itch and maybe now that she wants to scratch and it's an opportunity for her to potentially look at getting back in because there's no doubt about the talent is there and. It's amazing to think it was our National League debut as well. Obviously, haven't played with Sir and Swift up north, but she's only going to yeah. grow into that team. Yeah, she, she's definitely got the club National League experience in the north. But yes, WNL. Uh, it, was, it was young Heather O'Reilly's Women's National League debut as well. So we'll take that one with a little pinch of salt. However, we've talked a lot about Sligo on tonight's show. We better not forget the other eight clubs that participated in the games last weekend. There's all the results at the bottom of the screen. PMAC running out 2-1 winners in against Galway, Wexford Utes had a 3-0 win over DLR. No, over, God, my memory's three. Over 3D. Athlone 2, DLR 1, of course, Sligo 3, Shells 2, and the final game, uh, I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Um, Bose, Bose, Bose 3, Bose 3 against Cork. But interestingly enough, bar the treaty game, uh, the Wexford Utes game, which was 3-0, every other game was won by the team that didn't score first. So all four went behind and all four came back to win the game, which is something we haven't seen a lot of in the league over the last couple of years. Can we talk about Lindsay McKee's goal? Uh, I, I tweeted about it the other day. I thought it was just a little piece of individual opportunistic magic. She just flicked it up to herself, totally self-made. How she didn't make the team of the week, I have no idea. Well, now, are- she is she is nominated for, for Player of the Month for June and July, so at least there is that bit of re- that yeah. bit of recognition for her. But what a, what a superb individual goal in terms of P Mount. I thought it was a good it was a good character check for them. Going one 0 down to Galway, they could easily have just folded in that in that game, but they didn't, and they they put some good pressure on, and they come back well to, to get a good result. And I think for James now, looking on what's happened to Shelburne in the last week, they're going to go into the cup comp the cup on on Saturday with a with a lot of confidence, thinking that they can they can they can put it up to Shells. Shells three three games in a row. Yeah, they haven't picked up a result. 
yeah, but shells are the cup. Yes, fair enough. They could take them uh, on Saturday and and maybe they'd be installed as favourites to win the cup. Then I think at that point, although there's a couple of other banana skins in there for them, is it too far gone in the league though? I think they're for maybe, P mounts, probably. Yeah. But you have to think about this though. I think they're seven points behind with a game in hand. And you look at Wexford. Wexford are five points behind Shells with a game and game in hand because Shells have played the game extra against Bowes that the midweek game that was supposed to be when the Champions League is on. So, you know, is it is it not too far? We talked the other week about do Shells have one hand on the trophy, and then all of a sudden they go from a they go from a week of 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 great of great of recent results, and then boom, a week where they pick up two points out of. A possible nine, and then we're talking. Is it back on? And I think that's the thing we need. We need to talk. We we need to keep mentioning. But it's an interesting couple of weeks. But I do think P Mount could put it up to them at the weekend in the cup. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll see how that one goes. That we'll talk about the cup fixtures in just a moment. But let's maybe look at Bowes and Cork. Another one where Cork looks like they might actually pull off a surprise themselves. One nil up, and then Bowes just said, uh, uh, "Not happening today," and they managed to. Uh, to keep that going, and they ended up uh, running out three-one winners in the end. Fairly comfortable in the end, I think, for Bowes. I was a little bit concerned at times. I'm not going to lie for, from a Bowes point for a Bowes because when they went one 0 down, it was a pretty nip and tuck game at that stage. It wasn't a lot of great chances. Probably a preventable goal at the back post, and then you know, as time goes on, they're not equalising. You're starting to think, is this going to be a banana skin for them? Cork have already beaten them in Turner's Cross, and you're thinking. Maybe Cork can do it again, and Eva Robinson gets on the score sheet. And she gets a second, and then Eve Pryor with the first goal for the club since making the move. The the interesting one, which we'll talk about with the club with the with the cup later on, is a couple of the Bowes new additions are cup tied, so well that won't help too much at the weekend. But Neve Pryor getting her first goal for them, I think, was massive. She's probably lacked a lot of match fitness at this stage. She probably said herself and take a bit of time. But Eva Robinson, the lifelong Bowes fan. Put, puts the ball in the net in Daly Mount Park again. I think every time she does it, you can just see the joy and the, the adulation on her face from doing it with her, with her, with her home club. Absolutely. At Lone Town 2, DLR 1. Um, I can't see Graham being too happy with the the, the way they, they capitulated here in terms of DLR, but at Lone, you got to hand it to them. They're just on fire this season. They just can't seem to put a foot wrong. Oh, and considering considering the but the misfortune against Shelburne, great to see Jessica Hennessy on the score. She could you could see how devastated she was the week before, and for her to get it on, she'll say it doesn't matter how it goes in. And you're right for 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 DLR waves. It's just it's it's a a bit of a, a difficult one to to read. There's no consistency at all. They get a result one week, they're they're poor the next week. It's it's hard to to see what's going on because we all really said that. They potentially, along with the likes of Galway, could push for a top three position. As we said, everybody says at the start of the season, nobody expected Athlone, but Athlone just keep getting them results, getting them results, six points off top with a game in hand. And, you know, it's it's a case that we're, we're looking at Athlone every week, thinking, are they going to pull off another big result? Are they going to get it? But the thing is, it's now becoming a case that it's not a shock. The only team they've yet to pick a point up against is Wexford Utes, and they have them at home, they have them at home later on the season, and if they do that, they'll have done the clean sweep off every t- every team in the national league. And I think Tommy, Tommy, and the guys and and, and the girls are to just keep motoring. And it was a great response after their after their dropped points against Shelburne the week before. No, I think you're right because everyone everyone's kind of waiting for the wheels to come off a little bit because we, we knew what they were like in the last two seasons in the league and they were inconsistent at best. They didn't couldn't string two results back to back, but th- it's just kept going really really nicely for Athlone this year and. Can they mount a title challenge? I know 
we had Marin Devaney on a few weeks ago and she was kind of kind of saying maybe not so much, but at the same time, you kind of got to ask the question, if Shells drop another two or four points over the coming weeks, can Athlone get back in there or is it just that step too far? You have to think you have to think about this now. Shelburne have to play, I think they have to play everybody bar Bowes, I think is, is all they've left. So they've got to play P Mount again, they've got to play Wexford again, they've got to play Athlone again. They've got to go to Athlone. They've got to go to Athlone. They've got a. They've got so you don't know at this stage. And the problem is, is they they started them a start the weekend. They started there. They brought on uh, Heather O'Reilly and like maybe it was a bit of a mistake not starting Noel Murray and and Abby Larkin. But it was two massive point. It was three massive points dropped for Shelburne and the others getting the results just helped. And I think for for Athlone, their confidence you're right is on a skyrocket. If they can get a result at the weekend in the cup. That'll that'll send them even further up up on a on a confidence level and who knows it's do you know what it's like it's like watching Leicester City all over again in the Premier League with the five thousand to one but they probably would have been something similar at the start of the season and they're just tipping along nicely maybe we thought it was gone and who not who knows at this stage for me the worrying part of Shell's defeat at the weekend from a Shell's point of view if I was Noel King it's not the fact that it happened it's the fact that you went two 0 up so early on. And then it happened. Uh, it almost seemed like Shells hit two early strikes and they're like, that's us done now. Game over. Three points in the bag. And they're already on the bus back to, to Talca Park. And then the goal before halftime, just kind of, they couldn't quite deal with it. And I think it just, the, the Sligo, just the, the consistent push just got them across the line at, at the end. And I think that is what would worry me more for from Noel's point of view is... Is that indicative of maybe the title challenge in itself that they may have just gone, we won the title and now everything's kind of coming off the boil a little bit. The attention maybe focusing on Europe when maybe they're not quite sure they're going to be qualified again next year just yet. Like the one thing I've said to you, Brefney, and, and it stands still for the weekend again, if you could stay in the game with them, even if you're a goal, one, one goal down, if you stay in the game for 60, 70 minutes, you stand a chance with them and that's what the likes of Bowes have been able to do, what Lone were able to do. Galway were able to do Wexford when they when when they tend to blow teams away and are leading two two nil or one leading a half time and they look comfortable. There's no way back. But when when they're in a, a bit of a, a fight at the moment, it just seems as though the wheels may come off come off a little bit. Like when's the last time you've seen the Shells defence actually that run ragged? Like I thought Emma Doherty was had them all over the place at, at times and the long ball forward even for the third the third goal in particular. Like early in the season, Shells just get Shells just deal with that and it was. It was a weird one looking because it just looked as though the defence did capitulate a little bit. I'd have massive concerns going into Europe with that Shelburne side at the moment. And unless they get a, a, a bit real big change of form, they haven't got many games left before Europe. They've only got this weekend against Piemont and then they've got the, the league game against Treaty and then they're off to Europe. So there's not a lot, lot of time time left for them to, to turn it around. And with the form of Talca Park not being great recently, maybe, maybe having a cup game could help them change it. But I think Noel is going to have to do some, make some sort of changes to, to get some sort of spark or reaction from them. Yeah, it's going to be a big, big uh, challenge to get them back. But I think, I think they will get across the line. But then we said that about Piedmont last year, and shells came out at the end of the day. So it's it. But the one thing I'm really I'm glad for is that it's it's tight. Shells might like to hear that, but we look like we're going to have a title race of sorts over the next couple of weeks. I, I'd like it to be tight. Go to the final day. We all remember last year it was just class. If we could have three or four teams in in this hunt, 
at, uh, at the end of this in the last round or two, how great would that be for the league overall? One thing we don't want is a one-horse race from five or six games out. Now, final game of the weekend, and the last talking point from last weekend to talk about is Treaty United. We touched on it a bit last week on the show. Where to from here? Trinil defeat last week to Wexford keeps Wexford in the title hunt, but realistically, Treaty season, like, what can they do even at this stage? They lost, uh, Amy Madden, of course, picked up an injury in that game, as did Michaela Lawrence. Lawrence, Lawrence yeah. Um, so, two, we obviously watching the game, so we wish both girls, I'm not quite sure how severe the injuries are, but we wish both of them a quick recovery. Um, but it's, Amy Madden has been the key player for them, in my opinion, this year. I've really enjoyed watching her play um, she's going to be out, I'm guessing, for an extended period now. Like, and it's just the, the options just aren't quite there in the squad for Treaty. And the windows closed. What can they do? It's a that's a that's a massive concern on that side. I think she also made the team. I'm not mistaken, she made the team of the week as well. And you know, that's a it is a big loss. And Michaela Lawrence, mate, Michaela Lawrence being injured as well. I think it's our, it's our second appearance for for Utes after making the move from Treaty. Coincidentally, but. You're right, and you just see that treaty bench just dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. I think the last home game against Shells, they also had somebody injured as well. And we, we talked a little bit about the run they've had. They've had Shells, Piedmont, and Waxford back back to back to back in the league, which is which is never easy. And it's it's going to be difficult. I think being out of the cup as well, going to riddance. It's it's just going to have to be a case of seeing out the season and seeing what they can get there, how they can attract some players to the to the club. But for them, they won't want to go out with just having. Massive defeats. I think you look at the weekend. Like Alex Alex Mendes had a couple of good stops off the line for them as well. Some some good displays and patches, but it's just it's just not enough. Not enough. And when you're against the the big sides, you make any mistakes, you're you're punished and you're they capitalize on. That reminds me of something you just mentioned, Alex Mendes, that I didn't know a few years ago. Back in the day, um, I would have been tormented by a Barbara O'Connell. Who played for Colossus Stephane for the colleges league, Munster Colleges. She was involved with the early days with Cork as well. And big, tall centre forward, good player. And there was an O'Connell girl playing in the junior in, in the intermediate cup final, intermediate cup final. Forward for Cork, looked lightning quick. I saw similarities. I was like, I wonder if that's that girl's daughter. And I Googled. Turns out it's actually Alex and Jesse Mendez, our Barbara O'Connell's daughters. So uh, putting just the patterns are falling into my head over the last two weeks. I, I that floored me to be honest. I wasn't aware. It's of mad. That. It's mad though because Barbara's played in the national league as well. I think she's involved in the coaching structure and treaty at the at the moment. But you know she's played in the national league and now now the, the kids are coming in as well. It's 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 a great cycle and it's as the league evolves over the years, maybe we may see more of that happening. And it's great. It's great when you do see that start that sort of story coming in because it's been a long time. You know. It, just, it, in England. it completely passed me by, so it was just uh, one that caught my eye over the last couple of weeks. Anyway, moving on to the weekend, of course, we have a full set of fixtures in the Evoke EFAI Cup quarterfinals. Uh, we've talked about a few of them already, of course, the pick of the round, probably that shells Piedmont game. Even from a season point of view, Shells nearly just need to win this game to kind of stop that little bit of a rot they're in. Yeah, absolutely. Considering they're struggling at home to, to pick up results, they don't look like scoring much at home either, which is a which is a massive concern. And I think if you if you look at shells, if this doesn't go their way, it's really 
out of the out of the cup, going into Europe with a you can you can say if they be treated, it's 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 an expected win, but no real form. And I think for Piemont, it's probably a case of the same. Piemont probably think they're a little bit too far back in the league that it could be could be the last hurrah for them to get into the cup semi-finals and have a, a push and an opportunity of winning silver. Where, but in terms of in terms of the, the other games of the weekend, for me, I think Wexford against DLR. If it, it all depends what DLR show up. It's DLR who've put in great performances against Wexford in the past show up, they could push them all the way. But the worst, you hate saying this, but Wexford could have an easy night. If they don't, then that's the one where you're watching just to see what's going to happen, what what team, what DLR team you're going to get. And I think the other, the other, if you're looking at the other clashes, you'd have to, you'd have to favour at loan to beat Cork. But Cork have, Cork will be disappointed with some of the mistakes they made in, in the Bowes game and they'll be looked to rectify them. And even the, the Sligo Bowes game is probably a lot more of a, a game that a lot of people will want to see now because of what happened last week. And realistically, Sligo should push should push them all the way. This one could be a one that, that goes to extra time of penalties for me. Yeah, interesting times ahead. I think that game in in Derrymount is probably the tie it around outside of the big the big two. Um for me, I just think Sligo in that momentum from last week, and we've seen how maybe their men's team had a big result against Rosenberg. Didn't go so well for them a couple of days later. Here we are a week after the girls' exploits. Um, can they do it back-to-back? Can they take a win away to Bowes at the weekend? Time will tell. You would argue that it's potentially an easier game, but at the same time, it's Bowes aren't going to want to lose on their home patch. So we'll see how that pans out. Just, just on that though, Brefney, when the draw is made, you're probably thinking, okay, yeah, I want Sligo. They're not in form at all. And then they turn around this massive result and you're thinking, oh no. They've just done it just at the at the wrong time for 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 a Bowes point of view. But I think if Bowes aren't switched on and they're not alert, then it could well be a case that they do they do lose that game. I know Elita Griffin hasn't really been involved yet since making the move from DLR Waves, but Rachel Doyle is cup tied having played in the in the, in the first round for DLR Waves, whereas Neve Fryer isn't. I think Rachel will be a will be a big loss from she would have been somebody who started. Maybe Neve comes in, but for them for Bowes. If Emma Thority, Gemma, Gemma McGuinness, and Pixie or Aaron Coe are, are on a wrong song like they are last week, they're going to be really hard to beat. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be an interesting game. So time will tell. What I find most interesting with the cup draw, just to finish it off, is uh, Piemont and Shells play each other in in one game, and the other traditional top four sides would be Wexford and DLR. They play each other as well. If they were if the winners of those were to draw each other in the semi-finals. It gives a really, really good opportunity to the other four sides to have a crack at a final here. And um, now, obviously, that'll happen in a, the way that maths work is irrelevant, but it's one third of times that's going to happen in the draw. So there's a really good chance here for a team to get one result on on Saturday, and the draw goes kindly to them. They could avoid the top sides and really have a crack at a, a cup final. Look at when Cork got to the cup final a couple of years ago. That's exactly what what happened to them. They they got a nice steady draw along the way. I think they got balls in the quarter final. I think they man. I think it was treat. I think they got treat in the semi final because if I'm not mistaken, and you know that's just the way it fell out. They got the easier side of the draw, and you're right. It could easily happen again. And and then you're looking at what's going on. But then then on the other side, from the likes of a. In neutral point of view, if if Bowles were to say Bowles were to be successful in the quarter final and get a good semi final draw, maybe you'd see a Bowles Shells final and, and for the likes of the the, the the cup exposure, that things like that be massive because 
to be honest with you, I was disappointed with the crowd at last year's cup final. Tala, I think Shells brought a great crowd, but there, there wasn't much of a, of a Wexford's atmosphere as, as such. But I know tickets are already on sale for the cup final. That's how much they're trying to boost sales early on. And but I just think the right pairing is the only way is the only way that you're going to get a big a big big final. But it doesn't necessarily have to be the big two, the big two. Or but I, I think not having the big two might actually be a bigger draw. Yeah. Like I know if you get a Sligo. Uh, if Sligo, for whatever reason, were to get into that cup final, I've no doubt you'd have four or five thousand yeah, people. Absolutely, come up from Sligo for that, um, and and probably the same for maybe a, a Galway or a Cork if they can if they can ease into the the next stages of it. You know, um, don't get Galway, Galway on. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you know what I mean? That idea. I know it didn't happen in Wexford last year, but uh, Bowes, of course, always support the team when they're doing well. So interesting to see how that might pan out over the next couple of weeks. But anyway. That's pretty much all we have time for this week. Just before we go, we'll just have a quick look over the Women's National League table. That is there in front of you. You can see uh, Shells, as we mentioned. Just if I get rid of the header, we can get the full table in there. Shells, as you mentioned, uh, currently five points clear at the top from Wexford with a game in hand. At Lone, one point further back. Goal with three behind and Piedmont three behind them as well. And I mentioned well. something interesting, just looking at the league table. So Shelburne have drawn three and they've lost, they've lost three. They've only conceded seven goals. Last Saturday was the first time that they've conceded more than one goal in a game. And it just seems as though when they do concede goals, they tend to be quite vital goals and, and cause the points. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, it's been an issue. Like You can't really fault the goalkeeper. They've conceded less than half of anybody else. But it's just... Um, or the defence, should I say, not just the goalkeeper, of course, but uh, only conceding seven goals. But as you mentioned, a week ago, that was four. And now they've conceded nearly double that. So it's... Uh, it goes to show how impressive that performance from Sligo was last week. We have been very Sligo heavy on the night show. Uh, we don't really make any apologies for it. I think they've, I think they've pretty much earned it uh, this week in particular uh, and through the season. But we will be back talking about everybody. A little bit more humble. It's a little bit more humble pie for you again tonight. <laughs> oh, listen, I, it's the most sweetest humble pie I've ever tasted in my life. And I've had to eat plenty of it for plenty of reasons over the years. But Aaron, as always, a pleasure to have you on the show uh, we had a bit of a bigger uh, audience than usual tonight, so obviously that means that Love Island has finished. Uh, so thank you to everyone who, st- who stuck around. Uh, back to the 9 o'clock slot on a Wednesday night. We'll be here for most of the rest of the season, or all of the rest of the season, hopefully. Uh, to Pixie O'Hara, who joined us for a really, really nice interview earlier on in the show. Thank you so much uh, to making himself available to come and have a chat with us. It can be a little bit daunting at 16 uh, to, to face that live broadcast. You don't think... You wouldn't no. think she's 16 the way she plays. It's no, amazing. absolutely not. No, it's phenomenal. And she's been, as we mentioned, we mentioned a couple of little incidents, that little nutmeg in her debut, the run against Rachel Graham and, and Heather O'Reilly last week. Like, it's, yeah, she's she's going to be a star of the show. And it's just a case of how long Sligo can keep the likes of herself, Gemma, uh, Emma, in, in the team, and even now Amy Boyle-Carr, who's joined them as well over the last few weeks. There's a really nice uh, group gathering there in Sligo, and there's going to be good things ahead for them. Uh, in the coming coming years. Aaron, I think that's it for this weekend. Uh, we'll let the audience off to, to the evening. Thanks very much for joining us again. We'll be back with you again, nine o'clock next week. You get us on all the socials and on our website. Don't forget to give us a quick follow if you're still floating around. We would greatly appreciate it. And come back and join us next week. We'll talk to you then.